Hello and welcome to Diminishing Returns, the film podcast with a difference, because we always cap off the movie discussion by pitching our own ideas for the sequel. This week we're doing You Only Live Twice, aka James Bond 5, continuing our ongoing retrospective of the James Bond series. Things start off fairly normally in this episode, but it does get a little bit bizarre by the end. Obviously, this episode contains spoilers for You Only Live Twice. Enjoy! Hello, and welcome to Diminishing Returns. <laughs> I am Calvin, and with me are Alan. Alan. <laughs> oh, hello. And Sol. Sol, would you like to walk across my platform above my pond of piranhas, please? Oh, hello, Calvin. It's me, Sol, and I'm here doing a stupid voice like all of us are. Oh. <laughs> Well, Sean Connery himself uh, does a very silly voice beyond his normal voice in this one, as he famously uh, disguised himself as a Japanese fisherman. Oh, hello, uh, it's me, Japanese Bond. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, we'll get there, we'll get there, we'll get there. Uh, we, should but start, yes, today... we should start having more guests on the show like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, oh, hello. Oh, it's it's Japanese Bond. Habaya <laughs> gozaimash. <laughs> Well, I'll have to speak to you later, Japanese Bond. We're just doing a podcast record at the moment. Okay, goodbye. <laughs> oh, I'll never, I'll never say never again. No. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we're back. We're back on the James Bond series this week uh, in my ongoing quest to make you watch every single James Bond film. There is Sol. It's been a while, um, hasn't it? And yeah, today we're on Sean Connery's last, first, last James <laughs> Bond film. Yes. His, oh, you right, twice. Yeah. It took me a while to process what you just said, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's true. Yes. Because he, he, yeah, he walked away after this one, only to come back for more money, and then to come back again for more money and a middle finger, but we'll get there later on. So yes, you only live twice. Uh, last time we covered Thunderball, we all came out of it really disliking it. Uh, certainly one of my least favourite Bond films. Um, but nonetheless, it was a huge success, and until recently, just for inflation, the most successful financially Bond film of all time, and people still really like it a lot. But You Unlive Twice is probably, I would say, contains, probably on par with Goldfinger for the most iconic uh, Bond imagery elements of the Bond formula, uh, that sort of thing. Uh, would you agree with that? This Yeah, this this one was very... Bondy. I don't know if that's a good thing. As a broad stroke, this film failed to keep my attention, basically. Mm. Oh. I just saw it was just such a like, oh look, another action bit, here's a fight thing, like, oh it's a huge fight in a huge room. It's like whatever. That was my problem with the film. Oh right, <laughs> that's a nut show for you. Uh Sol, do you have broad opinions to get us started uh, before we go into it in more detail? Well I like it more than Thunderball. Mm-hmm. And I like it more than From Russia With Love, Ooh. but I don't like it very much. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> well, that's a shame. Uh, I I like it very much. I think it's a, a very fun, a very fun film. It just was. It was too uh, boring. Basically, the, it was just the same old plot. I wasn't bothered about any of it. And even when he's being Japanese, it's like they don't because <laughs> he because he, he just can't be asked to do it properly. So it's not <laughs> it's not funny. <laughs> Yes, it should be said that Sean Connery just really couldn't be asked, and you can tell his performance is really a notch down from before. Like the the scene with Money Penny always strikes me. It's like he really just isn't even trying, and he was pissed off with the producers, and he just wanted to get out. He hated filming in Japan. There's a famous story where he was like being hounded by reporters and the final straw was when he went into the toilet cubicle to have a piss because everyone was crowding around him at the urinal and then of course everyone went into the neighboring toilet cubicles and started peering over (laughs) the tops and that's what was sort of the last straw for him so yeah connery was not in the best of moods and couldn't wait to get out but the franchise obviously still wanted to keep on going and uh they really threw a lot of money at this one especially like it cost like the volcano set alone the specter volcano set cost more than the first film dr no like just that one set it's funny because i mean it was very visually impressive that huge set and it's cool it's Mm. very iconic but that's not enough for me. Like, there needs to be an engaging mm. story as well. Like, something's got to draw me into it. Yeah. Well, what is the story here? Uh, obviously, the film starts with Bond faking his death. Oh, yeah. Bond's um, been murdered. Oh, oh my God. Not, he's dead. Not, not again. <laughs> yes, again. Um, so, yeah, I, I've got questions for you guys about this opening because um, it still confuses me to this day exactly who is in on this plan. Because <laughs> everyone's just behaving as if this is happening for real, even though apparently everyone is like, if, well, if so someone fakes their death, well, what I'm happens pretty is... sure there's no reason for them to go through with it in such an elaborate way in a closed room <laughs> where presumably all the people who are witnessing it are people who are in on it anyway. Well, that's it, because what happens with he's in bed with a woman, he's supposedly asleep, she, she totters out, opens the door to let in two gunmen, they shoot him dead, and then they all run off, I guess. Oh, no, and then no. the police come uh, in and check his pulse. The police come in, check his pulse. Yeah, he's dead. Bag him up. And that's it. So mm. all of those guys must be in on it because he's not really dead. Yes. So why why with the, sh- the the pantomime of going through it all? Yeah, why, why bother like rigging up the bed with a blood pack? And, <laughs> like, unless maybe some of the policemen weren't in on it? I don't know, because basically the whole point of it is that they just do it to get the headline British spy killed in action to throw spectrum. British naval now, commander is not a spy. Ah yes, of course. Yes. <laughs> yes. And then and then we see a package uh, uh being del- being dropped into the ocean as a funeral. Uh sort of human shaped package but nowhere near enough big enough to be Sean Connery. Um and certainly not heavy <laughs> enough by the way they handle it. They drop it into the ocean, gets picked up by a submarine. Uh-huh, as you do. Uh-huh. And sure enough they cut it open, who's inside? Sean Connery! Yeah, with an oxygen mask on. Permission to come aboard, sir. Theatrical opening. <laughs> yeah. And pretty much the the only thing in the film to really facilitate the use of the title. Otherwise, there's like, there's no <laughs> yeah. other reason. Because, like, to be honest, like what he does for the rest of the film is kind of just what he would do normally. And uh... Yeah, there's no relevance to people thinking him dead. No. Doesn't add to, to anything, does it? I do like that if he just starts going around going, "Oh yeah, my name's uh, Stephen Hunt," and they were like, "Oh, hello, nice to meet you. You look a lot like that 
guy who used to spy on us all the time. <laughs> this is it. Like, no one in Spectre <laughs> seems to realise that, like, later on, Blofeld is, like, saying to his underlings, like, by the way, that's Bond, you know? And they're like, oh, no way. And it's like, surely <laughs> you've seen photographs? Like, he's probably the one guy who you're, you know, you're going to have to look out for. But anyway. Um, yeah, and then anyway... But, the, the, oh, but the, that, that isn't the opening of the film, because the opening of the film is... Uh, a man being set adrift in space to die a slow death from asphyxiation. Yes, yeah. Which is always a great start to a film, I think. Yeah. Yeah, because of course um, American and Russian spacecrafts are being stolen in mid-flight and Bond is to investigate because the British mm. know that... Don't you just love that scene where it's like the British... No, it's the Americans arguing with the Russians and then the Brits are in the middle being like, oh, calm down, old boys. Uh, like yeah so they get bond on it and that's why he goes to japan where most of the film takes place um this is um this is very kind of on point from the bond films this is what they do isn't it i mean the space race this is when was this film 1967 yeah 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 and so this is right you know they were right in the middle of the space race trying to get man on the moon the first uh, eva the first spacewalks we're in 1965. Wow. So we see someone spacewalking there. So it's like, it's right, it's right on point, isn't it? I mean, and, I mean, you you can tell. <laughs> it really comes across watching the film. There. Well, do you think real... that's, that space, the spacecraft visuals aren't good? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, I'm just saying it's, it's, <laughs> it's clear that this is from a time when they're really fetishizing space travel. Mm, mm. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, m- m- most of the film is set on Earth and in Japan. <laughs> Before we go there, he's on the submarine. He meets up with uh, M, mm-hmm. who's in a submarine but still has like a uh, a pine uh, panelled office <laughs> and yes. like all his books and everything. So it's just his office, but with a submarine door on it. <laughs> um, and then <laughs> when he's leaving, he's got to go to Japan and investigate things. And Money Penny goes, "Oh, there's a Japanese phrase book for you. That might help." And he goes, he goes, don't you remember I got a first in Oriental languages at Cambridge? Like, <laughs> oh, that's new information. <laughs> it's so quite think, useful for this mission, isn't it? Yeah, you'd think that'd be in his file, uh, languages. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't he be just posted in the Orient? If he's especially, <laughs> I mean, can, is Oriental languages a thing in terms of something you study? Because it seems like that's quite a broad range of languages. You'd probably be better off learning to speak European languages as a broad <laughs> concept. <laughs> At least they're more similar than Oriental languages are. Mm. Of course, it's funny then later on in um, Tomorrow Never Dies, the Pierce Brosnan film, where he's um, confronted with a, uh, a Chinese keyboard, a Mandarin keyboard, I should say, and can't mm. actually type. He doesn't know it. So, um... so is he lying just to show off to Money Penny? Well, or... this—that's a different Bond, isn't it, with the code name? Theory, <laughs> so it's obviously just someone else has taken that Bond name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Carried it on. Uh, yeah. So, but even in this, even within this film, he's an expert in Oriental languages, and he's undercover as a Japanese person. Doesn't speak any Japanese. Oh, he does. He, <laughs> he says he says sayonara. Like I could say that. He says about two. Words. Uh, but if you've got if you've got someone who's been <laughs> had plastic surgery to look Japanese, we'll come back to that. <laughs> and speaks as an expert on on Oriental languages, so presumably speaks a bit of Japanese. Um, yeah, it doesn't get used much, does it? <laughs> uh, no, no, it does not. 
I mean, um, yeah, I mean, that's the in-film reasoning, obviously, out on the production side. Uh, you've just got Sean Connery, who can't really do any accent beyond Scottish anyway, and is in a bad mood, so he's obviously not going to put in the effort to bother to learn how to say things properly. So <laughs> that's why we have this. So, yeah, he goes to Japan. He's looking for someone. He needs to meet Tiger Tanaka, is that Tiger it? Tanaka, yes. But first he meets his... Contact there, Aki, played by Akiko Wakabayashi, who uh, Sol may have recognised from one of the various uh, King Kong films. I think she was in. Is it uh, King Kong versus Godzilla, perhaps? Or uh, uh, one of them. She's in one of them. In fact, the other Bond girl from this is as well. And she's the first Bond girl of the film. Yeah, I just want to bring her up now because she's going to play a part of my criticism later on. Um, <laughs> because she's the whole... Re- she facilitates Bond's um, meeting with this Tiger Tanaka guy who's the head of their station there. Or the head of the Japanese MI6 or whatever. But before that, we do get a sumo wrestling scene. Yes. Uh, which is quite cool. Um, mm. And interestingly, the sumo wrestling like now... If you went to see a sumo wrestling thing now, it basically looks exactly the same as that because it's got this... It's steeped in this tradition... Like, it hasn't changed at all. <laughs> like, they still do the pointless dancing. and Like, it's all, like, these ritualistic elements to it. Mm, mm. Well, that's the thing. Like, especially when this film was released, like, a lot of people probably didn't know what sumo wrestling was or have, yeah. you know, ever, ever seen it for certain. Um, and I think that's what, like, a lot of the mm. uh, shots around, like, Japan and stuff around this point, I think, are really lovely. It's all, like, travel log, like, you know, Bond is yeah. in a new environment. That's a good point, and, actually. Of course, every one of our generation grew up with that episode of The Simpsons when they go to Japan, so we all know exactly what Japan's like intimately. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, exactly. But, oh, okay, here's something, Carly. I'm I trying to think of things that I would know about this Bond film that you don't. Oh, okay. Um, so, you know when he goes to the sumo wrestlers at first and he meets the sumo wrestler and he gives him a ticket and all that sort of thing? Yes. Do you know who that is? Uh, no, I don't. That I'm is assuming it was sumo- just some sumo wrestler that they found who was like... Well, yeah, but he's, a, he's a real sumo wrestler. He's called Sadanayama. Oh. Um, and he was a Yokozuna at that time, which is like the top rank sumo wrestler. So he was he was like one of the three biggest names in sumo wrestling at the time. Oh, So wow. to a Jap- Japanese audience, he was a major celebrity. He just died a few months ago. He died in April. But yeah, little cameo there. So yeah, mm. I don't know if they put that in for the Japanese market or what. But... Oh, possibly. I mean, maybe it might well just been, um, right, who's, who have we got who could do this line? Well, for that wrestling match, they were told that sumo wrestlers are very proud of their tradition stuff and they don't fake it. They're not going to stop so you can set up the camera or something. So basically, when they get going, they're just going to do it and you just need oh, yeah, to yeah, yeah, film yeah, yeah. around they it and all that They don't piss about with it. In fact, the, the guy, Sadanayama, who, uh, who... When you become a Yokozuna, which is the top wrestling rank, you, you, like there's a, there's a council of sumo elders who decide who's allowed to become a yokozuna because it's not just about results you also have to kind of be honorable and uh, and and fight with dignity and all that huh so anyway when you when you become a yokozuna you're a yokozuna until you retire but a yokozuna can't lose tournaments so if you if you're in a kind of losing situation you're expected to retire and so basically as soon as you're not good enough anymore you're supposed to retire rather than drag it out and uh sadanayama retired like fairly unexpectedly quite early and the idea that is that he lost like to <laughs> but he he lost to um he just one match like it wasn't a crucial match or anything but he lost to a, a hawaiian guy and this was at a time where a few foreigners were just sneaking in to sumo mm. 
Uh, and it was such sort of disgrace that he lost to this foreigner. He thought, I'm, I'm checking it in. And then, yeah, he goes into this, um, you know, chemical place and steals some documents and triggers an alarm and whatever. And uh, yeah, Aki picks him oh, up. Oh, that's another, another question I have. Yeah, he goes into this thing. He breaks into this safe, but he has this little futuristic device that he plugs onto it and it works out the numbers mm. for the safe. So he works out all the code and all that, opens it, the alarm goes off. Mm. But what's the point? Of having a thing that works out the code if it sets the alarm off anyway. Well, yeah, no, you've got a point. Oh, yeah, when he goes into that room, he's breaking the safe. He drinks some vodka, right? He goes into the bar and just has a little nip of some vodka for some reason. And he spits it out and looks at it and goes, oh, Siamese vodka. As we all know, Siamese vodka isn't the good stuff. <laughs> you can't beat Scottish vodka. <laughs> but the thing is, right, at this point, Siam's like stopped being officially called Siam in 1949. Uh, so this is like nearly 20 years later so yeah I don't know that if should be good stuff that it's been aging for 20 <laughs> yeah years. is that is that a joke about it being out of date <laughs> does vodka oh, age yeah but it's good isn't it i don't know i think the the longer you age any alcohol pretty much the better unless it's like stuff that can go off because it's not strong enough but certainly whiskey the and wine the longer oh yes the yes but i'm not sure about anyway and when he's escaping from that because he sets the alarm off the security come after him he shoots a security guard, just murders a security guard on his way out. Yes. Now, he does that to get away, but this isn't like Blofeld's lair and all these henchmen are evil guys. This is just a guy who's working nights at security at a, at a factory or something that is just... He's got a license. To kill. Yeah. <laughs> not, <laughs> I'm not talking about whether he should legally be allowed to do it or not. I'm talking about the moral implication of just murdering this guy that perhaps he didn't need to. Well, it's uh, fortunate that later on he finds out that this whole place is run by Spectre. But in yeah, that but moment, do you, think the, do you think the guy who works nights security knows that? Yeah, they all are. It's like you're, you're either you know you 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 just go for the job interview and they're sort of like, well, do you want to work in the volcano or do you want to work <laughs> in Tokyo? And it's like, well, I think Tokyo would be a bit of a better commute to be honest. So all right, then, yeah, yeah, we'll put you there then. I think that's how it works. All right. Well, I just hope that guy's kids. Feel all right about it as well. <laughs> Alan, can you hear us? I don't think Alan can hear us. I heard him whisper something, and now I'm now maybe someone's like home invading him. And the final episode of Diminishing Returns is going to be this like, <laughs> horrible thing where we can just hear Alan like having Hello. someone come into his house and <laughs> Hello. Hello. Oh, there he is. Hello. Uh, we thought someone had come in and was like murdering you. Yeah, and it was it was going to be a good finale to diminishing returns. Just that would be good, wouldn't it? Captured I mean, it's on happen. tape. Yeah, and just going to be sounds of Alan being like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> and everyone listening when we put the episode out will just think it's a really weird skit. Until dark this week, until we end with a yeah. But we'll still finish the review. Me and Sol together. <laughs> To the bitter end. <laughs> well, speaking of skits, should we should we get Japanese Bond back in here? <laughs> Ding dong! <laughs> Japanese Bond, come, come on it! Oh, oh, oh! Hello, it's me, Bandai Jin Bandai. <laughs> I've just been chatting to Mrs. Money Yen. <laughs> oh, that's good. You've been working on these, haven't you? Okay, let's let, let's get back to it because. Uh... Okay, bye, Japanese Bond. <laughs> bye, bye. <laughs> so Bond meets Tiger Tanaka, and um, the pair of them uh, decide to join forces and uh, go for a little 
Japanese bath thing together, which basically involves the two of them stripping off, and uh, him and Tiger, we get a lot of exposition while they're being, like, hosed down and scrubbed down by these beautiful Japanese ladies. Now, there's a point where... Are they Japanese? Yes. They don't look all that Japanese. Well, they are. They shot it in Japan. (laughs) Oh, well, actually, no, I think those scenes were probably shot in Pinewood, and then they probably just shipped over a load of... Japanese people. <laughs> anyway, so he's on the massage table and he's getting a massage and then Aki comes in from early. Bearing in mind they've had like two scenes together, show no chemistry whatsoever. And <laughs> she starts massaging him instead of this other woman and then she like kisses his ear and then he's like, Aki! And then they start <laughs> kissing and then it's that he they're going to go and have sex because she says, I think I'm going to enjoy very much serving under you. And <laughs> then that's it. Like, when did that happen? What did, did do you think we missed a scene where they like bonded? Because it's so bizarre. James bonded. <laughs> it's just, it's just really weird bit of uh, affection. Anyway, anyway, never mind. Because we have more women coming up shortly after this. Helga Brandt, the uh, red-haired German lady <laughs> yeah. with the boobs. Yeah. What? She has boobs. Well, I mean, I mean, obviously, but, you know, she has, she has that bit when, like, what is it, Bond's, like, smoking, and the bad guy's being like, you shouldn't smoke, they're very bad for your chest, and then she comes up and delivers his drink, and she says, Mr. Osato believes in a healthy chest, and then she, like, <laughs> pushes her boobs out, and they're, like, in Connery's face, and he's like, mm, yes, I'm sure he does. And it's, uh, yeah. Classic. Classic Bond. Yeah, so we're seeing some villains here, because we haven't really had a proper villain yet, so... We meet Asato uh, and Helga Brandt. Have we met this mysterious man in a grey suit yet? Which one? <laughs> the one with the cat. Blofeld? <laughs> yes. But we don't know it's him yet, do we? No, we don't know it's him yet. He he uh, gets uh, revealed later on. Uh, what's your next note, Alan? My next note is, I don't understand who's this Japanese guy who's replaced Sean Connery. <laughs> Which I think may have oh, okay. been slightly sarcastic. <laughs> all this stuff. There's like the action scene where Bond's being chased and then that giant helicopter with a huge magnet appears and uh, <laughs> picks up the car and drops it in the river. That's great. <laughs> there's that great action scene, there's that great fight scene on the on the docks where um, the director deliberately like shot it with like a uh, helicopter because he was like, all yeah. the fight scenes in Bond films are like these quick cut like you know, in a really enclosed space so he was like, okay, this one we're going to do it on a rooftop a big rooftop one shot, pull the camera back, have Sean Connery running around like punching people and running around. And I don't think it's a really great shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's piranhas. We're not there yet, damn it! Um, <laughs> We're not even set up the piranhas yet. No, we haven't because uh, no, because Bond is seduced by. Well, he thinks that he has seduced Helga, and then it turns out he actually hasn't, and she tries to kill him. I don't get the name Helga. Helga mm. Helga Brandt. What's it's just that? a name, it's not... Uh, maybe it means something hell, in German. Hell to... Bra- hell... Helvetica. And <laughs> then we have the um, the little Nelly flight scene as well. That mm-hmm. whole thing happens where Bond gets the gyrocopter and he goes out and shoots a load of you know baddies and stuff. That's great, isn't it? And we see uh, we see it being constructed in a sort of stop motion. Did, did just, that just please you? <laughs> it just seems like really weird. Like Q turns up with about eight briefcases, and it's like, oh, it's got a helicopter in here. There 
there is the odd <laughs> odd directorial flourish in this one. Um, it's the new director, Lewis Gilbert. So he had he he directed Alfie, oddly enough, the original Michael Caine one. He was mainly known for directing these sort of like smaller British dramas and comedies. Um, and then ironically went on to direct three of the probably biggest budget, most elaborate Bond films. Um <clears throat> Well, ever. But yes, anyway, we have that at whole action sequence, which I love and I think it's great. And then we get into another spacecraft is kidnapped and taken into the volcano lair, where we, of course, have Blofeld and uh, Helga Brandt is killed by the piranhas because he has a pool of piranhas. Like, this is like the classic Bond villain lair, isn't it? Like, up to this point, we haven't had anything this iconic. It's a hollowed out volcano, it's got a monorail, it's got helicopters <laughs> going in and out. It's, it's uh, big. I mean, it's big. I'll give you it's that. It's huge. It's like they actually had a real helicopter going in and out of it. It's like there's no map paintings. There's no visual tricks. It's like the monorail works. The like launch pad moves back and forth. It's like the whole thing was operational. I wouldn't want a monorail in a secret lair. What would you have? Something that wouldn't put us on the map. <laughs> well, no, it's it's a monorail inside the volcano. <laughs> oh, right. Oh, I see what you're doing. Yes, yes. And I, I hear those things are awfully loud. <laughs> it glides as softly as a cloud. <laughs> uh, anyway. So yeah, I, I mean, do do we like this? Do we like this part of the film at least with the volcano and everything? It's uh, it's uh, pretty cool, right? Well, didn't we already have a volcano? No, no. Well, I mean, uh, we had Crab what, Key what in Doctor no? no. Yeah, that was Crab Key. That was like a a mountain sort of. Uh, well, it was an That's island. The same thing, pretty much. No, it isn't. It's a mountain. What's a mountain? It's just a volcano that's gone to sleep. Well, it's not even really a mountain. It's more just a rocky. It's more underground, really. Yeah, no. This is this is like iconic stuff. Like especially Blofeld himself. Okay, should we, yeah. Should we skip forward a little bit and talk about Blofeld? Obviously, we see his right. face in this one. Up to this point, he's just been a man behind a screen, stroking a white cat. Here we get him, and he's Donald Pleasance, a bald little man with a scar. Discuss. <laughs> Well, it's hard to judge now because we see it with hindsight. Like at the time, where people like, "Ooh, Blofeld again! I wonder if we'll see his face this time." Ooh, it's disappointing. Well, Donald Pleasance was the second actor to be cast in the role because they were filming with this other guy who uh, the director really didn't like because he he described him as being like a benevolent Santa Claus. He was this like <laughs> friendly-looking man with a beard. Um, with no scar, like, that was just nothing. And then they literally got Donald Pleasance because it was just like, oh god, who's available and can come in tomorrow? And then they, like, they were like, should we give him a hump? Should we, like, give him, like, a milky <laughs> eye? Or, a, you know, what do we do? And then they eventually just decided on the scar. And that's what, that's what stuck. We get the reveal. Yes, we get the reveal. And that's when Bond is, uh, in the volcano. Actually, we, we've glossed over... Um, by getting to Blofeld, of course, the sequence where he is turned Japanese. Oh. Because they decide that he is going to go undercover as a Japanese fisherman at a small village near this volcano where they suspect something sinister is happening. Sean Connery didn't want to put on much makeup or shave his chest. So we have uh, a lot of scenes with him with um, very high-necked jumpers. Well, yeah, what, can you walk through what the actual makeup job they did on him is? Can you tell? Because it was years until years later, to be honest, when the Blu-rays came out and you could actually see it. <laughs> T- to me, it looks as if they have, like, they've combed his hair a bit differently. 
I think it, well, they gave him a different toupee. <laughs> okay. Because he wore a toupee in every one of these films. He's sort of got a fringe. <laughs> yeah. He's got bangs. And uh, <laughs> did they... Did they beef up his eyebrows a little bit, or is that just him? He's squinting. They did. They did put some makeup on uh, on his face, and uh, that's about it, really. And he, he wears a kimono. Yes, yes, yeah. a very high necked kimono. <laughs> right. Even for sleeping, and he sleeps on the ground. And uh, yeah, he's got his Japanese. They're gonna set him up with a Japanese wife who is uh, killed. That'll be, that'll be Aki, I suppose, won't it? Aki, yeah, 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 and she's quickly killed. And uh, Bond displays little to no sympathy or remorse or sadness at this. And it's just sort of like, all right, then, well, better go on with it the next day. So they just give him another woman to marry. And then his main concern is that she would be too unattractive. Yeah, she's pig-faced. Yes. And when it's like, this is really just your cover. You don't need to do anything with her, God. (laughs) But fortunately, she's gorgeous. Ding dong! Oh, Sol, can you just get the door? There's someone, someone oh. at the door. Oh, it's look, it's uh, it's, it's Japanese Bond. Um, <laughs> oh, hello, it's me, Japanese uh, Bond. I was just eating some tasty sashimi. <laughs> uh, hello, Mister Bonsan. Uh, I was just a quick question about uh, the makeup job on Your Only Live Twice. Yes. Um, uh, how did you how did you become Japanese? I'm just just curious. What what did that process entail? The <laughs> They gave me a different wig and they put a bit of a fake tan on me. Oh, very interesting. I mean, it's, it's surprisingly effective, though. Um, Initially, I, I put my sandals on my knees and walked around <laughs> like that. But it was hurting my thighs. Well, I suppose you've got to go now anyway, haven't you? You've got busy golf to play, Japanese golf to play. On, uh, yes, I'm, I'm busy playing the new <laughs> Super Mario games. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> What, what what else do I do? <laughs> Cramming myself into the subway system of trains <laughs> when they're over capacity. <laughs> well, goodbye. All right, see you later. Bon bye. Nice to meet you. Uh, bye, Japanese Bon. Thanks for oh, well, that. That's good. That's interesting. Uh, right, where are we? <laughs> um, So, we're in the bit where he's uh, getting married, fake-wise. And yeah, he's... Living life as a Japanese fisherman. <laughs> with a hunch. <laughs> That's to cover his height. <laughs> and isn't there just, there's a brilliant bit where like this woman like, presumably, presumably like a small fishing village like this would be very local and you know, everyone would know each other and you'd know if there was some new people living in the place. And all of a sudden, this beautiful woman arrives with her hunched over, <laughs> uh, six foot two tall, husband who's speaking Japanese with a Scottish accent and I think I think eyebrows would be raised does he actually speak any Japanese I don't recall him speaking to anyone he says gajaimash, which is I think I think hello but he just he just says it with a Scottish accent there is no attempt is it? And, and, and that's it it's like this whole plan is just like this is more suspicious than <laughs> yeah. If you'd have just shown up as an English tourist, probably. like Just like, oh yeah, I'm a geologist, I'm looking at the... <laughs> Couldn't they have sent a Japanese man in as undercover <laughs> as a Japanese man? Well, you'd think, just send in Tiger. Because they're working hand-in-hand with the Japanese spy agency. Yeah. That's well, so part of the game. Tiger Tanaka's got his whole uh, ninja school. 
thing where Bond goes to train for Oh, him. I forgot about the ninja school. Yeah. yeah, I forgot. But again, this was like this was like a genuine people didn't know what ninjas were. Like ninjas were not in the culture like they are now. So this is probably new and exciting to a lot of people. And that's why we have that whole sequence where they're like wandering through the training facility and there's a load of guys just like going hi and like chopping bricks and uh, and stuff. Uh, anyway, yes, uh, Bond does eventually get into the volcano and, uh, discovers the captive astronauts, and, uh, he himself puts on the suit and is going to go into space at one point, and I don't yeah, know what- Yeah, what a fucking cock tease that was. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, it doesn't make any sense from his perspective, and thank god he was stopped from going on it, because the Spectre plan was to, like, basically blow it up anyway. It's like, what would he have done? Like, there's only two people in the spaceship anyway, and it's like, he's just going to sit there? Like, presumably he's had no training to fly such a, <laughs> no. such a craft. Well, interestingly enough as well, in the, uh, in the original astronaut selection process back in the 50s, one of the main physical requirements was uh, you couldn't be any taller than 5 feet 11. Uh, oh. or over a certain weight just because he couldn't fit into the capsules basically I don't think he would have even fit into it which no. would, that would have been interesting to like he'd squeezed himself into the spacesuit that's too small for him and then like he's trying to get in the capsule and they're trying to like hammer the door shut <laughs> it's like his arms sticking out his legs don't fit in the, the thing properly yes. <laughs> But uh, fortunately, he does not carry his air conditioner properly, and uh, so <laughs> Blofeld figures it out, and we get the big reveal, the two of them face-to-face, and then we get the title dropped in the film, dropped in the dialogue, which I know, Sol, you're not a fan of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not listening, are you? <laughs> you're thinking about what Bond, Japanese Bond can say next. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, come, come on in. Oh, oh. Hello, it's me, Japanese Bond again. Oh, hello, hello, Japanese again. Bond. What are you doing here? I thought we thought you'd gone home. Uh, sorry, I just left my wallet when I was here before. So, <laughs> didn't you have a hat when you came in? Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you around tonight. Yeah, uh, no, see you later. Uh, he doesn't look his age. So um, then we. Uh, th- this is when the um, the big battle sequence starts because we get the ninjas abseiling. Into the volcano lair. Is this is this after he shoots someone with a cigarette? He, uh, yeah, he does that to open up the uh, to l- l- lid of the volcano. Yes. Did you enjoy that? I thought that was a good gadget. That's a good sort of Bond gadget that doesn't really make any sense in real life. But <laughs> in the Bond world, it's quite a neat little thing. Yeah, it's like I, a pe- I it's like a bomb in a pen that you have to click twice and then wait. 10 seconds or whatever it is. But yeah, the big battle sequence is all good. Lots of explosions and ninjas fighting and... Uh, and yeah, oh, just, oh my god, I, the cat! I was just bored by the whole thing. Oh, that cat is not a fan of explosives. <laughs> <laughs> no, can you, you can really tell, can't you? It's freaking the fuck out. Like, genuinely, I... I can't believe like how hard Donald Pleasance must be holding it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's good. That's good acting because he's he's completely keeping in character. But this cat's <laughs> going mad. He's like trying to play it cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, interestingly enough, that did actually like one of the reasons why the cat just sort of disappears from the film because it was so traumatized and uh, it, its handler ended up suing the uh, the production company because they traumatized the cat it won't go on film sets anymore and he was he was making a nice living out of this cat doing like cat food commercials and uh, you know the old spot on a tv show and now it was just so traumatized <laughs> If I actually uh, just just come in, I've got an interview with uh, the cat. 
from You Only Live Once. Uh, okay, uh, Blofeld's cat from You Only Live Twice. Um, what what were you feeling during that scene? <laughs> oh, very very interesting. Yeah, I mean that's that's certainly what it looked like. Yeah. Okay, thanks. I'll speak to you later then. Bye. I like the two comedy character direction. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think we could have done that a bit uh, a bit smoother. Uh, oh, oh! Do, do you hear that? Oh, is that the door again? No, no, it's not the door. It's the cat flap. <laughs> so-, <laughs> so then, uh, so yeah, the cat disappears quite quickly um, as a matter of uh, well production necessity more than anything else. Um, Blofeld makes his getaway. And then he decides to blow up the base and therefore trigger the explosion or the the volcano or rather uh, stock footage of a <laughs> volcano erupting. It's not that's not even stock footage of a volcano erupting. It's just a sort of close up of some lava photoshopped <laughs> over yes. a mountain. It's yeah. not even remotely in proportion. Yeah, no, it's not great, is it? Uh, <laughs> and then everyone escapes, and of course Bond, much like in Thunderball, gets his raft alone with his. Uh, with his bit of crumpet and uh... <laughs> I like how there's there's like uh, about 80 ninjas just floating around in the ocean going oh let us on the raft you're like no I've got to <laughs> I've got to shag this woman <laughs> <laughs> yeah but he doesn't even get to do that because then the submarine obviously with them and money penny appears and money penny's <laughs> gonna go up and get him uh, so have we finished talking about the film <laughs> uh, yes I think we are. Um, James Bond will return in on Her Majesty's Secret Service, and and that's that's it. Um, I'm a fan of the film, even if you two aren't. Um, we haven't mentioned that Roald Dahl wrote the script. Yeah, his one and only Bond film. Calvin, how did that happen? Like, that, what's the story behind that? Because he was he was he an established scriptwriter of any repute, or is it just the? I mean, uh, he wrote the screenplay for Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, but that was after this, and obviously based mm. on his. Book, so that's obviously how he got the gig there. I mean, it's, it's it's weird that he's written a film like this. You'd expect him to write something more like Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, something like that. Yeah, yeah well, apparently he was... Because um, <laughs> the, the screenwriter of the previous Bond films, Richard Maybaum... Uh, couldn't do it for whatever reason, and Roldau was basically a friend of a friend of Ian Fleming. So they, I think it was in. off of something to do with Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, wasn't it? It was like, oh, he's good at writing shit about cars and gadgets. So apparently, <laughs> he had no prior experience with writing screenplays. So I don't, um, Fair I enough. don't know. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang came out the year after. How oh, did it? Uh, okay, so pictures. Yes. Can I go first? Yeah. yeah, sure. Go for it. My pitch uh, is a film called You Only Live Once. Um, <laughs> right. And it's basically just Bond living life or, uh, on YOLO mode. Hashtag YOLO. <laughs> uh, now, <laughs> so what I did for research, I went to Twitter. Now, I'm not familiar with Twitter particularly, but uh, I thought I'd go on there and I'll f- find out what people put for hashtag YOLO. Bear in mind that hashtag YOLO was something that was, I don't know, what, two, three years ago when it was a thing? Mm. It's yes, not really like popular that. anymore, is it? <laughs> so no, I, thought, I don't hear people saying it anyway. So this is like, I, I took things, I just did a search from like the last 24 hours, basically. So this is the real dregs of society we're dealing with here. A lot of food? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I I had to filter out. I filtered out those that were using it ironically, and then I had okay. to I had to filter out a lot because obviously some are in some of them weren't in English, so I couldn't understand them. Uh, some of them were in English, but I couldn't understand them. Um, <laughs> what I got left with was 
a handful of things, and I've constructed a narrative around these, uh, in which all James Bond's dialogue is made up of Twitter quotes. Drinking sake at the current room temperature. <laughs> YOLO! <laughs> uh, you're not a lo- long way off. Uh, and everything I do in the Connery voice, the bad uh, Connery impression, uh, that's a tweet. That's a direct quote of a tweet. <laughs> okay. um, now, unfortunately, people don't tend to tweet about international espionage. So <laughs> this is a Bond <laughs> film about drinking and eating, mostly. <laughs> <laughs> He does a lot of that in his films anyway. We start Bond, uh, he's out at a bar, he meets a lady, lovely lady. Uh, they make a little small talk. Uh, she asks how work has been. He responds, I decided to be unproductive at the office today. We'll start doing everything tomorrow. YOLO. <laughs> is Japanese Bond over at yours, Alan? No, no, that's Scottish Bond. <laughs> Good old Oh, okay. Scottish Bond. Oh, they sound similar, very similar. They? Uh, <laughs> anyway, he then he tells her he tells her he's just had dinner on his own, and she says, "Oh, it's a shame we didn't meet earlier. We we could have eaten together." He responds, "Eating out alone in a foreign country is strangely peaceful." Yolo. <laughs> so she can tell she's getting nowhere with this guy. So instead, she suggests they go to the casino, try and win some money. Oh, Bond's very excited uh, by this idea. He starts talking about all the cool stuff he's going to buy when he wins big at the casino. She warns him. She says, look, you may not actually win. You might lose money. But he doesn't care. He's in YOLO mode. He says, I'm going to go shopping even though I don't have money. YOLO! <laughs> <laughs> Remember, these are all tweets that were made in 2017. Uh, <laughs> so... So they, they make it to the casino. They they score a big win playing craps or whatever. Uh, his lady friend, she's getting really excited. She's generally annoying everyone uh, else just by like being a, a sore winner and shoving it in their faces. <clears throat> so s- someone asks her to keep it down and she realizes, you know, she's probably a bit out of order. Uh, she starts to apologize until Bond suddenly chips in with, uh, don't try to change your attitude for somebody else. Once you change, you have to change for every time. YOLO. <laughs> uh, so this this doesn't go down too well with the fellow gamblers they start to accuse them of cheating uh, but Bond takes it all in his stride with his sort of passive aggressive mentality uh, one of the patrons says that they're sick of Scottish people coming over taking over the classic casinos <laughs> with their brass working clash accents <laughs> and Bond responds I'm sick of Europe getting raped we all have things we don't like but we just gotta deal with them keep your chin up and smile YOLO <laughs> bear in mind I didn't look into the context of any of these tweets so <laughs> I don't know what that meant now obviously this doesn't make any sense but the confusion of the argument uh, it makes everything die down everyone just sort of calms makes their apologies uh, ever the peacemaker Bond decides to get his girl out of there before her drunken antics get everyone else riled up again but he doesn't want to seem like he's running away you know so he leaves them the, with this uh, parting quip for argument's sake I'll say mistakes happen so forgive that person so you can have peace, but bounce on to the next. Fuck cheaters, YOLO. <laughs> <clears throat> he takes his girl, they cash in their chips, receiving a healthy wedge of cash. Now oh, the girl starts talking about all the fabulous things she's gonna buy, until Bond gives her a little word of advice. Remember to put a little aside for your retirement. YOLO. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not quite sure if that's really the spirit of YOLO as it's, it's meant yeah, to be, no. I mean... You only live once, so you want to have one good retirement, I guess. Uh, uh, so, no, naturally, he takes the girl back to his swanky villa. Uh, but first, they decide, to, they decide to stop off for a late-night snack. In fact, Bond specifically wants some soup, and the, and the girl just... She just wants to get to the shagging, but um, Bond, <laughs> Bond insists, 
Got to have some soup after gambling. YOLO. <laughs> that, that's not like, that is really not the kind of thing that I think of when you're only, like, I, I mean, I, I have soup every Monday. <laughs> but I don't often gamble. In fact, I've never gambled. <laughs> well, not, not really anyway. Not with, you know, like, like we, proper gambling. We went into a casino together, all three of us once, didn't we? <laughs> Yes, I had my money prepared and it frightened me too much. I think you watched <laughs> me spend like three pounds and decided it was like too rich for your blood and just like <laughs> walked around. No, well, I, I went in thinking, oh, this will be sexy and classy like a Bond film. And then you just go in and it's just a bunch of people who don't look like they've actually got that much money. Oh, yeah. Just sort of wasting well, yeah, it. They're we weren't in Monte Carlo. We were in Leeds. <laughs> uh, okay, so... They're going for some soup. Uh, They find a late-night diner. They order soup and a dessert. And all is going well until Bond suddenly shrieks in pain. Another filling has come out. Damn you, homemade sticky date pudding. YOLO. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. Now, the girl, she's getting sick of this old man and his strange habits. So she tries to... She tries to get him going with some dirty talk, reminding him of something he'd said earlier. Uh, something that he said about uh, he was going to instruct her with some new sexual ideas. Uh, she asks him to tell her more, to which he replies, Enter through exits. It's not an instruction. It's a challenge, YOLO. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not quite. Again, no context for that tweet. I'm not sure. I, I kind of want to research these and figure out what... Yeah, what this was all about. Uh, so they go back to the hotel, start canoodling, and uh, we sort of tastefully tilt up to the ceiling and fade out. Uh, so yeah. go into the next morning. The girl awakes. She's in bed alone. Uh, fortunately, even though she's just woken up and uh, is hungover, she still looks fabulous. Her hair's all in place. Her makeup is unmarred. <laughs> she puts on a man's shirt and wanders around in her pants. Uh, she goes into the kitchen where James Bond is cooking. Cooking breakfast for her. She says good morning. Uh, she says she had, oh, she had a great night last night. Bond's standing by the cooker. Uh, and he's got the extractor fan on. So he, he has to shout to be heard. <laughs> okay. Was this tweet all in caps? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Still can't get over how lit it was last night. Minus me falling over and bruising slash scraping my knee. Ha ha ha, YOLO. <laughs> She says, oh, she didn't even remember him falling over and scraping his knee. And she seems surprising that whoever wrote this story hadn't thought about putting that in earlier to, <laughs> so that it was a callback. Uh, but never mind. Uh, he walks over with uh, breakfast. She remarks on his bloodshot eyes, asking him if he was feeling all right. He replies, I slept with my contacts in last night. YOLO. <laughs> <laughs> she starts to eat the breakfast uh, he's prepared. And she can't help but remark on how delicious it is. She's in particular, f- particularly fond of the scramby eggs, he asks. <laughs> and uh, he asks why they have a distinctive citrusy twist. And Bond replies, After watching the next Food Network star, I like to get creative. I used lemon pepper today instead of black pepper. YOLO! <laughs> what is lemon pepper? <laughs> no, I've never heard of it. <laughs> it's not a real thing, is it? So, with breakfast over, things start getting a bit awkward uh, the girl tries to tell Bond that she, you know, she likes him and everything, but she had a really good time last night. She's not really looking for a relationship right now. She's actually just come out of a long-term thing. She's just looking to play the field a bit and get to know herself a bit before, before she tries to get to know anyone else. Now, Bond takes a philosophical approach to this. He tells her, don't let the past control your present, because you never know if you'll have a tomorrow. YOLO. Tomorrow never dies. <laughs> 
Well, this is a weird thing to say. And she asks, why are you suggesting she might not have a tomorrow? And that that seems a bit threatening when she's alone in a strange place with a strange man with a strange accent. <laughs> so Bond does the only sensible thing. He shoots her through the chest. Instead of blood, a sort of blue goo emerges from the wound, revealing that she was a robot all along. And he rips off her wig and sure enough, there on her fake head is a Spectre logo. And then that's that's the end. Because I ran out of tweets. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I just sort of thought I better put some uh, sort of ending in it. <laughs> People, people are strange, aren't they? <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, these are people who are using YOLO on Twitter in 2017. I mean, ding, ding dong. Oh, is, this, is, is that the door? Got, when did we have that doorbell uh, installed? Uh, who is it? Oh, I think it was the wrong, wrong number. <laughs> so, uh, shall I do mine oh, next? No. Oh, oh Alan, it's, oh, hey, oh. it's, um, it's Blofeld's cat again. <laughs> Oh, hello. <laughs> hello, Blofeld's cat. Why are you here? <laughs> That's quite good. What's that, Blofeld's cat? You're here because you are the star of Calvin's Pitch. Is that is that is that correct? <laughs> Blofeld's cat. Why don't you Why don't you stick around and hear my pitch, and then afterwards you can tell me whether or not you like it. How does that sound? <laughs> What's, what's that, Blowbell's cat? Are there any explosions in the pitch? <laughs> I wonder why he's worried about that. <laughs> um, well, we'll see if... We, we might get a stunt double in for some of this stuff, but, um, you know, we'll, we'll see how we go with it. Okay, so but my pitch is um, basically, obviously, Blowfeld's cat, as we looked at in the film, um, kind of disappears from the thing, and that's quite surprising, because this cat is like Blowfeld's signature you know, uh, animal and uh, his mascot, pretty much. So I find it quite odd that it's just, like, bri- you know, briskly uh, dispatched from the film. You know, obviously production issues were the reason <laughs> why, but, you know, anyway. <clears throat> and he's got it again by the next film, so. Is it noticeably this different cat <laughs> in, the, in the next film? Or is it they find one that looks the same? They they're all, they're all look the same, don't they? No offence, Blofeld's cat. <laughs> yeah, he's racist. So, what I want this film to be is is a film starring Blofeld's cat as it it's it's trapped at this volcano because the whole thing's blown up and whatever and it's like shit. What do I do? So he has to try and get back to the nearest Spectre base, which is in Hiroshima, <laughs> and he um along now he sets off on this journey by himself initially, but along the way he gets a a, a Shih Tzu. <laughs> As his uh, traveling companion and another <laughs> animal that is distinctly Japanese that I'm going to need some help with. You're not doing the. Are you doing the Adventures of Milo and Otis? Oh no, I was doing Homeward Bound. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I thought well, you'd made the connection between the Japanese film, The Adventures of Milo and Otis, about a cat and a dog. That. Oh. Are you familiar with this film? No, I just know Homeward Bound, the <laughs> one with Sally Fields voicing a cat. Uh, Alan, are you familiar with this film? I haven't seen it. I've heard the title. Well, it's it's a it's a classic. Um, it's about a pug and a little ginger ginger kitten, and they uh, they get separated and have to go on a big trek across the country. And it's Japanese, which means that it was produced under a very different culture with very different regards for animal welfare. <laughs> and so there's all sorts of amazing sequences, like one where a cat rides on the back of a turtle in the sea yeah. and stuff. And I, I dug this film out to watch with my, my partner who loves cats and thinks they're the best. And 
<laughs> I was how was I to know there was a sequence in which they like threw a cat off a cliff and filmed it to get the shot? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my gosh. oh, Blofeld's cat's not happy about that. <laughs> anyway, um, no, no animals are going to be harmed in this production. Is, is Shih Tzu Japanese? Is, is that supposed to be Japanese? Is yes, it? yes. I'm going to look that up. Oh, no, it's not Shih Tzu. I'm thinking about uh, Shiba Inu. That's is the that one, Shiba Inu, like the dog dog. Yeah, dog, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yes. So... Blofeld's cat meets up with a Shiba Inu, who's this prissy little, like, ooh, la-di-da. And then another dog. Uh, let's say that that one's a Shih Tzu and it can be Chinese, um, but it's... That'd be like a cross-cultural thing, like they have they have a culture clash. Yeah, and the three of them have to make their way across Japan to get to Hiroshima so that Blofeld's oh, no! cat can... Oh no! Someone at the door, hello. Hello, it's me, Chinese Bond. <laughs> Oh, Chinese Bond. <laughs> Japanese look, Bond's cousin. All these Bonds look the same to me. No, oh, that's very, very racist of you. It's very what? <laughs> very, very racist. Very racist. <laughs> no, that's that's not what I said. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll be off. I just popped out to buy some gunpowder <laughs> and uh, thought I'd pop in to say hello. <laughs> right, well... We appreciate it, thank you. My my fortune cookie last night said that he who spends time with others prospers. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I thought I'd say hi. Anyway, I'm off now. All right, Goodbye. See you later, mate. <laughs> right, you later, mate. Oh, be see careful you. with that gunpowder. Oh shit! <laughs> Well, Blofeld's cat's run away. Just went right, well, I'm just going to phone an ambulance. Oh, while oh, you carry on I'll with never your get pitch. it. We'll never get that opinion on my again. pitch. <laughs> <laughs> so my pitch is basically Blofeld's cat and these two dogs traveling across Japan, and along the way they'll get into scrapes and adventures, and they'll. Is it is it voiced by Michael J. Fox doing a Japanese accent? <laughs> Uh, yeah, let's go for Ding that. Ding dong, oh, who's yeah. at the door? It's Japanese I'm... Michael J. Fox. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Oh, what, 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 what do you want, Michael J. Fox? Oh, whoa, I'm sorry, I was, I was trying to press the other buzzer, but what? Marty, get back here! <laughs> oh, God, is that Japanese Dr. Brown? <laughs> yes. Oh, Marty, my time machine's in a Mazda. <laughs> um, it sounds like Richard Nixon. <laughs> so, um, so that's oh, basically no. my pitch. Oh, who's this? Oh. Oh, it's me, French Bond. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> just, just sit, sit, sit there, Bond. I'll, um, I'll be with you in a, a little while, all right? If you can just hang on. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Traditional French phrase. Dear, dear me. Right. So, my pitch is basically just homeward bound with Blofeld's cat, and obviously he gets to Hiroshima at the end, and we can have um, Blofeld played by who's that guy from Airplane who's in Homeward Bound? That guy. (laughs) Robert Hayes. We'll get him in, and uh, then they'll be reunited, it'll all be lovely, and maybe the Shiba Inu will be killed at some point, or maybe they'll learn something about each other, I don't know. <laughs> That's the end. So, <laughs> what's your pitch? 
<laughs> Sorry, French French Bond's just looking at me really weirdly. <laughs> French Bond, do you mind? <laughs> Sorry, French Bond, that you really put me off. I'm gonna have to ask you to make like a snail and escar go, please. <laughs> All right, Look, he's, he's gone. Well, wait, he's left his onions on a string. Um, <laughs> so now there's no more distractions. Can we uh, get your pitch? Okay, so. So just as we've been um, rebooting James Bond in various different nationalities all 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 night, <laughs> I thought I'd follow hot in the heels of You Only Live Twice, which flirts with science fiction, taking the Bond franchise into some sci-fi territory. With that, so we so we've got Doctor No and its sequels. That's Bond doing drama, Bond doing like drama action thriller I, I don't know whatever whatever you'd call it then we had casino royale 1967 it came out before this one didn't it and that that was bond mm. as a comedy mm-hmm. unofficial mind and, uh, then we had this one which thought it would do bond as a bit of light sci-fi so i thought let's continue that trend let's have a horror james bond mm. yeah. oh. reboot it yeah. Oh, ding, ding dong oh who's that okay. it's frankenstein bond blofeld bad <laughs> <laughs> Sex with yeah. floozies, good. Okay, thank you. Just, just leave it. Leave it now. All right, go on, go on, get out. All right, sorry about that. Go on. <laughs> I, I think I'm gonna bolt the door. <laughs> oh, oh, look, I'm just, I'm getting my, I'm getting my hammer and nails <laughs> out. Right, look, there we go. Scared of fire? Put the torch. There we go. In. <laughs> Literally, no one can get in now. <laughs> So, Sol, you're free to... <laughs> oh, no, the window's open. Who's tapping at the window? Ah, it's me, Count Dracula Bond. I'm oh. here to suck your martinis. <laughs> she could not stand. <laughs> so, I'm just I'm holding up a crucifix now, and he's left. Oh, that's good, yeah. The garlic that the French Bond left uh, is coming handy there. I've closed the window. <laughs> right. So, we pick up with a group of teens going to camp at a lake, and... Uh, a newly hired counsellor, Annie, enters a diner. She's asking for directions. She she doesn't know where she's going. And a mad hobo <laughs> uh, just starts shouting at her and going, You're doomed! Doomed! For, for no reason. But then thank God the uh, the friendly local sheriff, J.W. Pepper, agrees to <laughs> drive her halfway. Oh, he's jumping ahead. <laughs> <laughs> he, he warns that there have been a, a spate of people who've gone missing at the camp over the years. Uh, and tells her to watch her back and be careful, uh, which she she says, you know, yeah, no problem. And he drops her off, and she's lucky enough to to hitch a ride from an Aston Martin that pulls up. Ah, uh, she's looking forward to riding in in such style the rest of the way. Uh, but then the driver the right uh, the driver gets out and chases her into the woods and slashes her throat. You're a real cut above the rest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. <laughs> I love these puns. <laughs> now, at the camp, councillors Ned, Jack, Bill, Marcy, Brenda, and Alice, along with the owner, Ernst, uh, refurbish the cabins <laughs> and facilities. Uh, as a thunderstorm approaches, Ernst leaves the campground because he needs to get some supplies. Then, the murderer arrives at the camp and he takes out Ned off screen. Uh, Jack and Marcy are uh, getting busy in, in one of the cabin's bunk beds. Unaware of Ned's body with his throat slit above them. Mm. Uh, Jack's then murdered, his throat pierced by an arrow from underneath the bed. That's another string to your bow. (laughs) (laughs) 
the killer murders Marcy with an axe to the face. You're a total axe wound, love. <laughs> what? <laughs> what does that even mean? Well, Google um, Google hairy axe wound. Let's see what it is. Oh. <laughs> Brenda hears a child's voice seeking help and ventures outside to the archery range. The lights turn on and she's attacked off screen. Ernst returns to camp and the killer attacks him. He appears to recognise the killer before the light goes out, but um, he's presumably killed. Lights out. <laughs> <laughs> Alice and Bill are worried as their friends have disappeared, so they leave the cabin to search for them, only to discover the bloodied axe in Brenda's bed. Mm. The phones are disconnected and the car's inoperable. Mm. The power then goes out, so Bill goes to check the generator and he's killed off screen. Mm. Alice then ventures out and finds Bill's body impaled with arrows at the generator room. She flees and hides near the front of the camp. It's at this point that it's revealed that this camp is Spectre Camp for new recruits. Mm. A vehicle pulls up and, thinking it's Ernst, um, she she rushes out. Instead, she's met by a middle-aged woman named uh, Ms. Moneypenny, mm. claiming to be an old friend of Ernst's. Alice uh, brings her inside, mm-hmm. and Moneypenny reveals that she's doing some low-stakes field work to prep the playing field for the double O's. She's the killer! Ooh. She turns violent and, and rushes towards Alice with a bowie knife. Oh no. <laughs> ashes to ashes, funk to funky. <laughs> <laughs> oh, ding dong! Oh, it's David Bowie Bond! <laughs> <laughs> oh, was it, was it, was it? <laughs> no, oh no, sorry Alan, you're mistaken, it's Jimmy Savile Bond. <laughs> oh. <laughs> they they chase, but during the confrontation, Alice is able to knock Moneypenny out and escape to the shore. Just as she begins to relax, Moneypenny catches up with her and they fight. Alice ultimately decapitates Moneypenny with a machete. Sometimes it's better to face your problems head on. <laughs> she then boards and uh, falls asleep in a canoe and floats out on the lake. She wakes up to see the police arriving. But then, Bond, wearing a scuba suit, emerges and drags her underwater. Does he have a duck on the top of his head by any chance? <laughs> yes. Wow, what a twist. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what a twist. <sighs> Ding dong! Oh, no, it's, 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 it's duck on the head, James Bond. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, uh, sorry. Just take this bread and go, right? <laughs> okay, so he's gone. Oh, uh, ding dong! Oh, look, it's a, uh, it's asthmatic Bond. Oh, that, those stairs are very steep. Oh, I, I've, I've forgot my inhaler. Oh, oh, get out of here, will you? It's getting on my nerves. <laughs> There's no more joke to that. It's just, <laughs> just an out of breath man. <laughs> oh, oh, it's another one. Oh, hello, who are you? Oh, hello, it's me, Calvin Bond. <laughs> oh, Calvin Bond. Uh, we're, we're actually just doing a James Bond podcast. Oh, brilliant. Oh, a podcast all about me. Oh, yeah. Oh, just a quick question there, Calvin Bond. Um, <laughs> What's your favourite pigeon-related double-take in the Bond series? (laughs) Oh, I couldn't choose. They're all so wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) 
thanks for coming, Calvin Bond. We're, uh, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, well, thanks, thanks for having me. Oh. I love to know how they all got through my barricade. I, uh, <laughs> I... well, they, they're all they're all um, very highly trained super agents <laughs> with a variety of gadgets. <laughs> Oh, oh, ding dong! Look, oh, look who is there now. It's gratuitously, gratuitously mentions the diminishing returns website. Bond. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hello. Uh, have you heard of www.dimreturns.com? Oh, it's no. a great website. Oh yeah, what's what's on it? Oh, all sorts of fantastic content, mostly mostly related to James Bond and podcasts and the Diminishing Returns podcast. Oh, sounds good. I bet it's really well laid out and easy to navigate. Oh, it's absolutely fantastic. I mean, I'm I'm about 90 million years old, and even I know how to navigate it very easily, so it's great. <laughs> oh, good. And it, it, what's just what's on there? Just the episodes, I presume. It's just that's all there is. Oh, no, there, there's there's a page for each episode. There's there's all sorts of bonus content and stuff. You can look at how how we reviewed the films. There's reviewings. We? Oh, <laughs> what about that? I feel, you know what? This website, it's so great. That I feel as if I'm part of the podcast myself. <laughs> That's how fantastic it is. Oh, good, so you'll have to forgive me when I say we. It's just okay. You guys have done such a bang up job. <laughs> what was the website again? It's dimreturns.com. Oh, and one of you guys with less of an obscuring accent might want to read that out for the listeners. <laughs> <coughs> dimreturns.com. Okay. That's very I'll, good. Very I'll good. have to check that out. Yeah, thanks. Whew. Oh, well. It's been been a busy one. It really has. So we've never had a a, a single guest before. We've had forty seven <laughs> on this show, apart from um, two of our mothers. Oh yes, Calvin, when's your mum going to be on the show? Ding dong! <laughs> oh hello, it's me, Misha's James Bond, James' mother. <laughs> I hear you've been talking to my sons, Jimmy. My many, many sons called Jimmy tonight. Is that Jimmy. so? Uh, Bond's mother. Can I ask you a quick question? Oh, why, of course, dearie. I was just wondering, we've, we've noticed that your son, son's, uh, the Scottish one anyway, is um, is what you might see in today's society as a bit of a misogynist. Um, and sp- so speaking as a woman, as a, as a female role model in his life, I just wondered what you thought of that. Well, that's because I'm not really a woman myself. Oh. I'm actually... Oh, it's me, Robin Williams. Oh. <laughs> Oh my god, he's just taking off the wig and the makeup. That was amazing, Robin Williams. Nanu oh. nanu. <laughs> oh, nanu nanu. Mini mini mini. Wow. Oh, you're such a great yeah. character actor. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> that was Elvis. <laughs> See, now we don't know. Uh, what... I love to do impressions. Oh, yeah, yeah, yippee. Yeah, I'm but, Elvis. Uh, Robin Williams, quick question. Can you do an impression of Sean Connery as James Bond? I'll, I'll try. Oh, hello, it's me, Sean Connery as Elvis. Yeah, yippee, yippee. Woohoo. Oh, yurdy, yurdy, yurdy. Oh. I really need to go to bed. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you, Calvin, the best thing you can do to recharge your batteries is have a good laugh. Laughter is the best medicine. That is true, unless That's scientifically based true. medicine is available. <laughs> oh well thanks for popping in Robin Williams it's um, it's an honour really we're, I think we're all pretty big fans okay right we're, we're going to stop recording so that we can uh, get all these people off our property
Konnichiwa, it's me, Japanese Bond. Here to do the outro for the episode, pardon me. I'm just finishing off a, uh, an unusually flavoured Kit Kat. Hope you enjoyed listening to that. Sadly, the lads have taken out a restraining order against me. They said that they didn't want the listeners to worry that I was going to keep coming back ruining future episodes of the show. RIDICULOUS! If you are as outraged by this as I am, then go to facebook.com forward slash Diminishing Returns Podcast and go to their Twitter page at Dim Returns Pod and demand to them that Japanese Bond be allowed back on the show. Hashtag Japanese Bond doesn't only live twice, he lives maybe three, four times. Like half a cat. Come on lads, we can do this. Bring back Japanese Bond! Bring back Japanese Bond! We are the Japanese Bond Otaku! Oh, and make sure that you're subscribed to the show on iTunes so you don't miss any future episodes, especially because I might come back, you never know. Maybe I'll convince the lads to change their minds, you know? And if you haven't done so already, why don't you go there on iTunes and rate and review the show, give it a nice rating, I'm sure the lads would really appreciate that. And you know what, if you want to listen to those lads discussing some other movies that aren't You Only Live Twice, including the back catalogue of episodes they've done about my estranged cousin Scottish Bond, then go to the Diminishing Returns website, dimreturns.com, that's the address there. You can find a whole load of cool stuff there, including an episode guide, and there's a listener vote currently going on for a future episode's topic. I was hoping they were going to do Rashomon, but they don't seem to have remembered to include it. The Back to the Future trilogy is currently in the lead, but the Matrix trilogy could easily overtake it still, and you never know, maybe the Police Academy movies, or even Alan's favourite, the Big Mama's House movies, might overtake it still, you never know. So head to that website, dimreturns.com, for details on how to cast your vote. Oh, speak of the devil, I'm just getting a phone call from Japanese Dr. Brown. Oh, mushy mushy. Oh, mushy mushy. When this baby hits 36 re, you're gonna see some serious shit. Oh, I get it. Because re is the dominant Japanese unit of measurement for length, and 36 roughly equates to 88 miles. Very good Japanese, Dr. Brown. That's very funny. Shayanara, listeners. Japanese Bond died on the way back to his home planet.